Folks, listen up. I've got something crucial to share with you today. In this uncertain world, you need to be prepared for anything, especially when it comes to your health. That's where the wellness company comes in, offering you peace of mind in a box with their medical emergency kit. Picture this. You're faced with a medical emergency and you need quick, effective treatment. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit is like having a strategic arsenal of life-saving medications right at your fingertips. From proven treatments like ivermectin to generic Z-Packs and amoxicillin, this kit has got you covered. But that's not all. Every kit comes with a medical emergency guidebook, ensuring you have the knowledge to use these medications safely and effectively. It's like having a medical professional right there with you when you need it most. And here's the kicker. Use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health/ffn. That's right, folks. 10% off, peace of mind in a box. Don't wait until it's too late. Get your medical emergency kit today and be ready for whatever comes your way. Stay safe, stay prepared with a wellness company. Again, use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health/ffn. with two mics, Dr. Michael Scheuer and Colonel Mike. And right now on the line, live from Cairo, we have our friend Ed Uranian. And we're going to discuss today with Eddie about what happened yesterday in Lebanon. Ed, welcome to the Two Mike Show. Thank you, Colonel Mike. Thank you, Dr. Scheuer. Good morning, Ed. It's always good to hear from you. What time is it there now? It's about, what, evening, 6 o'clock? Uh, 6 o'clock in the, in the evening. Oh, it's time for the, what is it, dinner? Is it dinner time? Just about. All righty. Anyway, if you're listening to this Two Mics show today, just look below and there's a subscribe button. We want you to subscribe to the network. We're on the Freedom First Network. Great network. Lots of great shows. Not just the Two Mics shows. There's plenty of shows. we got over a dozen up there now. We have great hosts, great conversations, great guests. But today we want to talk to our old friend, Ed Uranian. Ed, we saw some of these film clips of what happened in Beirut yesterday. Let's get an observation. What do you think's happening? And I'm sure Dr. Scheuer would have a lot of questions as to who the players may be. But I'll tell you what, in my eyes, that thing looked like a hydrogen bomb. Well, many Arab commentators made the same observation. Uh, they were talking about Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, it, the video definitely looked like uh, a hydrogen bomb at several points. Um, so that, that is a good observation if you watch the video uh, or any of the videos, actually. There are a number of them that were put out. Um, and um, I think... This uh, indicates that Israel is getting very active in the region. At least that's what many Arab commentators were, were saying. Whether you can verify that or not, obviously, is, is uh, n- not necessarily uh, possible to do, uh, since Israel doesn't uh, generally 
admit to doing these things. But I did a story on Syria yesterday, and Israel, during the previous 24 hours, uh, conducted two airstrikes inside Syrian territory, one near the border with Iraq at the border crossing of Bukamel, where there's an Iranian militia base that they use to uh, uh, fight their uh, opponents, opponents of the Syrian government, and the other on the Golan Heights. Now, Israel arguably had a very good reason to do that because there was a an operation that was uh, conducted by various uh, pro-government fighters against uh, the Israeli border. I don't know what you want to call it the border, depending on whether you recognize Israel's um, holding of the Golan Heights. Dr. Mike? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know what to quite to make of it. Uh, is the consensus, Ed, that there is no... Um, that it was a was not a fireworks factory, or have they not pinned that down? Well, most of the Arab news channels are saying it was an ammonium nitrate nitrate um, container or containers that were at the port of Beirut, and it looks like if you watch several of the videos that uh, rockets were exploding at some point, and then the massive explosion, the fireball or the mushroom cloud, which they're suggesting was the ammonium nitrate, which uh, apparently is something that uh, can be used to kill a lot of people. And Sheikh Nasrallah, the leader of Hezbollah, has threatened to use ammonium nitrate against Israel. There's a video clip that Arabia TV was playing. That's the Saudi-owned dollar Arabia TV, where Nasrallah threatens uh, the Israeli city of Haifa with an ammonium nitrate attack. Um, of course, he makes a lot of threats uh, that are never carried out. So, you know, it's uh, it could be idle chatter. But uh, I guess that would be a good pretext for uh, Israel to attack uh, if it was indeed Israel that attacked. Well, I, I, I have to think that they're among the, amongst the top three contenders, I, I, I would think. And uh, they've also apparently been active in Iran lately, too. It's almost like they're looking for a fight. And, uh, you know, being a conspiratorial minded person, uh, Senator Grassley and uh, Senator Johnson just wrote a letter to all of the intelligence community uh, um, uh, organizations. And in it, they asked for uh, all the documentation uh, possible for the countries that were the three most involved in the attempt to overthrow uh, uh, Trump. And they listed uh, Britain, Australia, and Israel. And I, I, was shocked to see that 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 letter was published um, uh, in full. It was not redacted. So I I have a hunch that they're a little bit nervous about what's going on in this country. And you know, some distraction like a war might not be a bad idea, especially since I'm you know if if you ever and you do think about how intelligent systems work. It's hard for me to believe that this behind all of this Jeffrey Epstein stuff is not some kind of a Israeli intelligence operation. I hope without the, the, the connivance of the Central Intelligence Agency, but I'm not sure of that anymore either. Well, let me make a very good observation there. I, I, I'd have to concur with everything you just said there. 
Well, thank <laughs> That's the first time I've ever said anything about Israel and had anybody agree with me. I, I'm going to have to take a well, coffee. Uh, I'm, raising, I'm raising my hand, but you can't see my hand, Dr. Schroeder. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. Doc, I'm going to say something. Um, also, and Eddie, you, you probably could have a, a little bit of say on this one. You know, the last of the uh, uh, Nazi sympathizers or, uh, or Jews who worked against their own people with the Nazis is still running around and he's 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 wrecking havoc on our country. His name is George Soros. And it's very odd that he's the last of the Nazis around and worth billions of dollars. And for some reason or another, they picked off a 90 year old maintenance worker in Ohio a month or so ago and found that he he needed to be uh, brought to justice. So, Eddie, what's your what's your take on that? What's the Middle East think about this guy, George Soros? Uh, he has a fairly, uh, oddly enough, a fairly low profile out here in the Middle East. He's not someone that uh, Middle Eastern analysts generally uh, point a finger at. Uh, although, obviously, if you know American politics and if you watch the American media, you would have a, a very good sense of him. Um, and clearly, if you've watched the uh, 60 Minutes interview of George Soros back from the 90s with uh, Steve Croft, mm -hmm. uh, he admits to being a, a war criminal um, and to having no scruples uh, about having done what he did, which is to say, turn in his neighbors. And uh, uh, while this is uh, not something that really comes up in most Arab media, I, I'd say clearly that this is one of the injustices of the modern modern age where this massive war criminal is not prosecuted and they go after, as you say, a, uh, a worker in Ohio that's over 90 years old. Mm -hmm. So there really is not a big interest. But, you know, the reason you guys are talking Israel, I always say, you know, there's a possibility one or two countries or maybe three countries are protecting this man. And I've always suspected that one of them was in the Middle East. Yes, I think you're. I think you're right. Here's the problem, though. Uh, it would seem that Israel is having its own little civil war, uh, about the same way we're having our own little civil war. So it's tough to say which side is pulling the strings. Perhaps both. Um, and uh, if if the Israeli factions are as divided as our uh, political uh, caste elite is, then. Uh, uh, then it, it's possible that you really can't blame the country, but you'd have to blame one of the sides, which is to say, I mean, the Mossad is always uh, alleged to be on the side, the same side as the Australians and the Brits in terms of trying to pull down Trump. So, um, but but Netanyahu ne not is not necessarily. So it, you could be seeing a divide there. I, I, I see. I, I got you. Dr. Mike, I always figure that when when the political sides are divided in one course of action is still being followed, you go to the intelligence service. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, yeah, and I think that the certainly the intelligence service and the military in Israel are, have maintained a pretty clear, straightforward path. And um, it, it, right now, as I said, I think they're looking for a fight that will take uh, the world's attention away from whatever may be developing here under the attorney general. Mike, didn't we have something like that it, uh, with Bill Clinton? It was called wagging the dog or wagging the tail or something with Serbia. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's 
there's a grand moment in American history when we killed all those Serbs who were only supportive of us. <laughs> you know, uh, that'll learn them. That'll yeah. learn them, boy. Yeah, that was, that was. There's a man completely. They used to say Clinton said about himself one time that uh, he could have killed Bin Laden, but some civilians might have got killed, and and then I wouldn't be any better than he is. Well, I got a flash. Osama bin Laden was a better man than Bill Clinton was on any single day of his life. Ed? Probably true. Um, <laughs> I would have to admit uh, that what you're saying about someone trying to pick a fight here looks fairly close to being the case, although this this does go back a few months, uh, actually maybe to uh, November and December of last year, uh, because Israel started off by attacking weapons depots of Iran's uh, Iraqi militias inside of Iraq. And they must have knocked off at least four or five of them, causing a uh, sort of a, a very ugly situation and a backlash against us. Uh, were they expecting or trying to set off a regional conflict at that point? I'm not sure. But certainly with all the activity they've been conducting in, in Iran of late, uh, you would think that someone was actively trying to create or provoke a conflict in the Middle East, uh, which is what you're saying, getting to the point of the intelligence services trying to uh, trying maybe to pull down Trump again and finding another pretext to do that. Uh, is it going to work? I'm not sure. The Iranians have been fairly circumspect. I mean, there was a, a cartoon in one of the Arab newspapers showing a Tom and Jerry, sort of a Tom and Jerry cartoon with with the cat uh, punching the dog, the bulldog <laughs> in the face, and the bulldog just taking it and not reacting. And that's pretty much what's happening here. The Iranians are not reacting. Uh, Eddie, let me ask you, do they have a count on how many people are dead? An uh, estimate? Yeah, well, last night before I went to bed, they were saying 80. This morning, they were saying closer to 100, 100 to 120 uh, with uh, 4,000 wounded. And the Arab media was saying that 300,000 people were made homeless by the, uh, the explosion. I'm not sure that's true because I think a lot of the damage probably can be fixed fairly easily. Uh, but uh, clearly a lot of damage, and they were saying 3 to $5 billion worth of damage. Uh, if you look at a lot of those new buildings that were put up in the center of Beirut, a lot of them have their windows blown out, have yes, their yes. facades damaged. So, yes, a lot of damage. I, I understand the president made a statement yesterday. I'm sure you heard it, that he's willing to help Lebanon in any way, that there's some kind of a good relationship now between the United States and Lebanon. Um. Well, not with Hezbollah, of course, because Hezbollah is under U.S. sanctions and mm -hmm. they uh, never waste a moment to, to say something nasty about the president. But uh, certainly the other uh, parties in the government or uh, political parties uh, would probably be happy to see some sort of aid. And uh, I think that was a good overture for the president to make. Ed, did, did you hear anything about this island uh, somewhere off Iran? that the Chinese have just purchased or leased for 100 years um, uh, within the region. It's, I forgot the name of the island, but I was going to ask you today if we had you on. Are you familiar with that? Uh, you know, I, I have to admit that I am not. I, okay. I, I would say there is a, 
Um, the, the Chinese are very active in Pakistan with a port, in a, a Pakistani port, so it would make sense that they would possibly want an Iranian island, but to actually tell you that I know which island that is, mm-hmm. um, I, I, would, I would be saying something I was, uh, which is not true. Dr. Mike, are you aware of that? You know, I'm aware of the story, but I can't, Colonel, I cannot think of, of what the name of the island was or uh-huh. when exactly it happened, but it seems to me that I read something about it. I'm, yes. I'm without knowledge on that. Well, see, seeing what happened in Beirut, Eddie and Dr. Mike, um, this is another fear I have for America. We have all these ports in this country now, either leased or owned or whatever, uh, by scrupulous characters who came out of Iraq or the Middle East or China, uh, the government of China. And, you know, these things, you, you could ship a container. And that this, this is proof right here. You could ship a container. You can ship five containers. You could ship 100 containers into a port. And no one has the time to check them all. And look at the damage that you can create. Uh, I'd like both of you guys to answer that. Well, from my perspective, is you know, we were concerned with that uh, when I was working uh, for the agency, even before 9-11. But after 9-11, everything was going to be put straight on aircraft and on harbors and on borders. And, of course, nothing was until they finally got the Chinese out of Long Beach out in California. So who we really have no idea, Colonel, uh, of Who's in this country? What's in this country? What kind of arms are in this country? We, it, it's just it's just whistling past the graveyard. We've been derelict and negligent and almost criminally negligent in protecting our own country. Eddie? Yeah, I'd have to concur with that assessment. Uh, I'd say basically uh, in terms of controlling the potential entry of, of, of some dangerous material, the best thing you can probably do is pray because I don't think there are any... <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, no, no real methods of, of uh, stopping that from happening. Alas, I, I, I fear. Well, the we we just we we should not be leasing any of these ports, any of these rivers, waterways to any foreign nation or any foreign national. Um, apparently, the one in Jacksonville is owned by people that were with Saddam Hussein, which I'm sure they are in love with us, um, or they were close closely allied with the, uh, what was that, the Republican Guard, something like that. Okay, so I'm sure these are really good allies, good partners, like the Five Guys Hamburgers we have that speak the English language. Um, I don't know if you're familiar. Ed, did you ever hear of a a franchise called Five Guys Hamburgers? Uh, It sounds familiar, but I can't say for sure. All right, we have a lot of them in America. It's a hamburger place. You get a nice greasy burger and some French fries and and, and free peanuts. peanuts and peanuts, lots of peanuts free. But, you know, I always joke around with Dr. Shua. I say, you know, the five guys hamburgers, which is our five eyes, you know, the five eyes are so-called allies, which uh, are all sold out one way or another to China or whoever, you know. Uh, and this is the reason why, uh, you know, Donald Trump's having such a hard time. Last night I saw something on uh, TV, which was a documentary about Ronald Reagan and, and one about George H.W. Bush. And all they did is fall over themselves about how great a diplomat and a statesman H.W. Bush was and the alliance and the world and NATO and the Middle East. And I'm saying to myself, watching this, 
you know, this is all an anti-Trump message for November that he can't control or he can't do with the great H.W. Bush did and destroy the whole Middle East. You know, he just doesn't want to go to war. Dr. Shua just did a blog, Eddie, on this recently. Uh, Mike, why don't you mention that? Colonel, which, which one was the that? one about uh, Trump doesn't want to go to war in Afghanistan? He wants- yeah, well, I, I think it's pretty obvious that if he could get out of there, uh, he'd do it immediately. And also in, in Syria and Iraq and wherever else we have troops, it doesn't seem to me to be high on his priority to wage war against anyone. <coughs> Excuse me. But I'd like to ask Eddie a question. It's it, it's a little bit removed, but I think it's probably pertinent to all the countries you you um, you look at. Uh, Ed is how is how is it being perceived by the governments in your region that uh, Trump really is showing he has very little use for NATO, and he's going to withdraw troops from there. Uh, there's a lot of people who have been protected in the Middle East for a long time by uh, American power, military power. Is that uh, I, I always think Trump has more than one thing cooking at a time when, when he does something. And I I kind of think that that's a message to a lot of people. If you're not going to. Hey there, freedom loving carnivores. It's Jeff Dornick from Freedom First Network. And I've got a message for you. Are you tired of feeling like your beef choices are under siege? Well, fellow patriots, it's time to fight back with Prepper All Naturals. That's right, folks. In a world where the beef industry is under constant attack, Prepper All Naturals is here to stand tall and proud as a veteran owned beacon of quality, taste, and freedom. When the guys at Prepper All Naturals set out to provide you with the finest beef products, they knew they had a duty to defend America's beef legacy, and that's why we're proud to partner with them, bringing you the best of what this great land has to offer. Whether it's their succulent freeze-dried beef cubes or their premium freezer boxes packed with steaks and roasts, we're redefining what it means to enjoy beef today and tomorrow. And let me tell you folks, their freeze-dried beef isn't just delicious, it's built to last. With proper stores, their beef cubes can maintain their quality and freshness for up to a decade, ensuring you'll never have to compromise on taste or nutrition. But wait, there's more. They're not just in the business of selling beef. They're in the business of defending freedom. That's why they promise to never sell you anything less than 100% all-American natural beef. No lab-grown imposters, no experimental jabs, and certainly no compromises with the woke agenda. So, fellow beef enthusiasts, join us in our mission to protect America's beef legacy. Visit freedomfirstbeef.com and use code FFM for 15% off your order. Because when you choose Prepper All Naturals, you're not just eating well today, you're eating well tomorrow. And together... We'll ensure that beef remains a symbol of freedom for generations to come. Prep for all naturals, where beef meets freedom. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Superlight Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Superlight Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Protect Germany, what the heck are they going to do? I mean, what, where else is he going to pull out of? Is there? Have you any sense of what the perception of that is? Uh, 
You know, I, I'm reading things into that that perhaps uh, are my own uh, my, my own conclusions rather than what people are thinking. But here, here's my take on that. Uh, we've seen a lot of NATO activity in the Middle East that's been uh, per, not necessarily uh, in America's best interests and oftentimes frequently against the U.S. interests that's been taking up a lot of American money, American soldiers, lives, blood, whatever, treasure. Um, and clearly uh, it, it, it is not in our interest. So I can understand where he's coming from, although uh, if I knew nothing about it, it, it would perhaps rub me the wrong way. And the media is, is saying that uh, Trump is uh, withdrawing from the world and using all the arguments which uh, would you know, make the public upset about it. But perhaps it should not be upset. And I'll give you an example, Libya. I think Libya is a very good example of why the U.S. probably should pull out of NATO, because the U.S. has absolutely no reason to support the Muslim Brotherhood government in Tripoli uh, that NATO is supporting. And they are clearly supporting them. They keep, they keep trying to pretend that they're being neutral, but they're not. And the army of the country, which is under General Haftar, which is, uh, who, who has his family in Virginia and is an American <laughs> ally, um, has constantly been uh, bashed by NATO. He was almost in control of the capital, Tripoli. And uh, keep in mind that this is run by a lot of uh, Islamist militias that are out of control, which are not uh, part of a government army, but pretend to be. And then he was in charge. He'd taken control of the airports, the air bases, including one near the border with Tunis called Wutia Air Base, which used to be an American air base during World War II. So I guess people in the U.S. know a lot about this base. Perhaps they had some interest in getting this base back. And suddenly we found that General Hafter was pushed out of this base and uh, pushed out of this base by Turkey, its allies. And clearly someone gave them a lot of help. Um, and I can only imagine that it must have come from someone in the U.S. or from NATO because they know about this base. It used to be an American base. And he had gotten control of all the bases, major bases across Libya, east to west. And suddenly he was pushed out. And this is what started the cascade of pushing him out of the west of Tripoli, west of Libya, and out of the capital, Tripoli. Now, a lot of people, you know, they think about General Hafter, they see renegade, military commander, warlord, and whatever the, whatever the words the media is using. But I mean, I, I have to go on another tangent there to explain, you know, our, uh, what, what my gripes are with the media and who controls it, who owns it. You know, there's a, there's a Fortune magazine article that says that 85% of the U.S. media is controlled by six companies. Um, just look at Comcast. Uh, look at Comcast, which which owns the, this massive uh, this massive network of uh, of, of uh, internet network it, and runs MSNBC, NBC, all major anti-Trump voices. Uh, Verizon, which is run by World Order people, uh, from I guess the former. Um, CEO of, of Siemens, I think. Um, I, mm -hmm. I, I'd have to double check that. But, but you know, when you talk to people who don't like Trump, and they get you, you notice that they get most of their news from Verizon and Comcast. It's it's no wonder. And AT&T, Eddie, AT&T is CNN. 
yes, I, I that that too. I, I hadn't pointed that out, and I and I must admit, I mean, as uh, I, I have shares in a lot of these companies, so I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't be talking, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. It is the truth, and you make a very good point. Uh, we it, I, we got to remember that before we were involved in Libya, the the French and the British wanted to go there, and we kind of allowed ourselves to be persuaded. Although I think Hillary Clinton wanted it all along. She there's no greater war lover now that McCain's dead than her. <laughs> the the uh, but but I think you know when it you wash all of it away, we never had a better situation regarding U.S. interests than Gaddafi. In his later years, mm-hmm. he was tamed. Uh, we, uh, you know, he wasn't perfect by by any by any means. But who is? Uh, but what we did to that, what we and the British and the French did to that country, um, I don't generally try to apply much morality to foreign policy or you know warfare or that kind of business, and I. But my God, those those people were about the only ones in the region that had a a, a chance at a semi decent lifestyle, and uh, income and some jobs, and we just ruined that because we could, like like the Balkans. He did it because he could, or Somalia because he could. Uh, Obama did the same thing, and wherever he went, um, that's a that's a tragic story, and and for yeah. me to you know, somehow work in uh, morality in terms of foreign policy is unusual, but I find that one particularly disgusting. Eddie, yeah. why don't you tell, why don't you tell the listeners how good it was when Libya was uh, under Gaddafi? It was much, much better. Well, Libya is a country with only 6 million people and it's a very wealthy country and, and Gaddafi built up the infrastructure, brought in a lot of foreign companies from Europe, Eastern Europe in many cases, and uh, they were well served. Uh, they, many Libyans had, uh, you know, had foreign workers uh, doing their jobs for them. So they really didn't have to work very hard. But I think one of the real reasons that doesn't get pointed out uh, that that Britain, France uh, and whomever else got involved in Libya was because, A, they have a very massive uh, the sovereign wealth fund. Uh, I've, I've heard 75 um, billion dollars that's somewhere in Europe. Uh, some European countries are holding on to it, are not letting it go. Uh, and by having a divided country with two governments, you can use the uh, argument that uh, there's no government, so you, you have no one to give this money back to. And also the French were upset because Gaddafi allegedly was uh, hoping to set up a currency based on gold. The French have a currency in West Africa, the French, Af- West African French franc, and that stood to be damaged by this uh, gold uh, Libyan dinar. Uh, so that's one of the arguments why the French were trying to pull him down. Uh, I spe- suspect it's true. And if you look at the international monetary system, who controls it? Uh, obviously, there isn't a lot of reporting on that because most of the media is controlled by probably the people who control the economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of these people stood to be hurt uh, by uh, a gold dinar. Uh, there are a lot of things that the 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 people who are pulling the strings internationally, uh, the the economic strings, that is, 
uh, wouldn't like about Libya because Colonel Gaddafi was was independent. He had a country that had a lot of assets, not a lot of debt. And if you look, a lot of the, the conflicts that seem to be starting or uh, seem to be fomented are started against countries that have a, a, a lot of money in the bank and that uh, <laughs> you know, outside parties would like to get a, get a piece of. I Eddie, think- I almost think that uh, if I'm correct, I may be wrong, but I think I'm correct because I, w- I followed it in the Wall Street Journal with the famous sit down of Condoleezza Rice. The turncoat shook his hand. There was a whole pullout section at the time about, you know, normalizing relations. And part of that gig was 75 billion or 80 billion. That was the number that he was going to put into the Wall Street markets with Goldman Sachs which you know what happens when you go with Goldman Sachs and if you're they're trading your money and you're Gaddafi, you're getting to get sacked. That's why it's Goldman Sachs, okay? Yeah, I, I think you're right. They yeah. washed out $75 billion of sovereign funds when he came forward and normalized relations. So, yes, you're absolutely right. It's all about monetary policy and... Uh, it's a shame. It's really a shame because, you know, the, like Michael said and you said, the, the, the people had a real lifestyle. They had foreigners working for them. It was like a mini Saudi Arabia. I think I, that would be accurate to say a mini Saudi Arabia where you had foreigners doing your work. And I guess a lot of them were sub-Saharan, no, Eddie? Sub-Saharan workers? Yes, a lot of uh, people from Africa, from sub-Saharan right. Africa, certainly. Well, you know, when it all washes out, if, if half-tired doesn't... Uh, isn't able to prevail. It seems to me, Turkey, Egypt, the UN, all they've going to do is create a place from which it's going to be like Afghanistan, because it'll radiate out into the sub-Saharan Africa, east and west in the Maghreb, and the Islamists will have the upper hand. Uh, uh, after all is said and done, we did nothing but make matters far, far worse than they were. Well, that's yes. why we, Dr. Mike, excuse me, that's why we have 18,000 people working at the State Department. You need 18,000 to screw it up, not five. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm probably more of a cynic, uh, cynic than either of you are, but I, I think part of the goal is to destabilize Africa. I think, I mean, I've seen accusations that the, the uh, New World Order or whatever you want to call it, uh, is based on putting the Muslim Brotherhood in charge of North Africa. And it's, it seems to make sense because a lot of these organizations, the, uh, the Australians, the Brits, and the Israelis, seem to be banking on the Muslim Brotherhood as a, a control mechanism for a lot of countries in the Middle East. And you can just see how they behave during this so-called Arab Spring in trying to put this Muslim Brotherhood organization in charge of Syria, Libya, Egypt. They're still trying to put Egypt under the control of this group. And, you know, you know I, I think, Eddie, too, that you've seen and, I, and I've seen over my I saw over my career that a lot of people try to ride the Muslim Brotherhood and what they end up is with their back broken in a ditch. The yes, Muslim Brotherhood has a mind of its own. It's not going to be controlled by anybody. And the more success it has, the more support it attracts, the more money it attracts. It's a, it's a really a death wish kind of bet for these countries. It is, but perhaps they do have a death wish. I'm not, not really sure. <laughs> you know, one, one point I wanted to add. I've always been surprised. I always thought one of the reasons Sarkozy wanted to go into Libya was probably he was afraid that ultimately 
France's clandestine relationship with Gaddafi would be known to the Americans through Gaddafi or through some other part of his government. And, but I've never seen any papers come out to that effect. They did a very good job, it seems to me, at controlling the archives in, in Tripoli. Yeah, I, I've seen it in the Arab media, the accusations. I've not seen it in the Western media so yeah. much. But of course, the Western media doesn't cover a lot of things because it doesn't suit their purposes. And uh, the, the, the American public really allows them to get away with it. This is the problem. You have a public that is not on its toes, not following uh, events closely enough to hold the media to the fire when they start telling lies. And I have to tell you that this podcast and the last one we did, if people listen to it, they'll learn more about foreign affairs from you than they could from the major mainstream media in this country in the past four years. Well, well, look at this observation he just made, which it seems likely that they're going to try to organize Africa to be under the Muslim Brotherhood. The Five Eyes will be in there making their money however they can. And they will have already down there. Colonel yeah. Gates is down there killing lots That's of... That's what I was uh, going to say. And then you're going to have Gates... His medicines. Right. You're going to have Gates killing off a, pop, a, a portion of the populations of each of the Af- African nations, right? And everything will work to, you know, according to what the New World Order wants. Very good observation. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I didn't even think of that. Well, it's something one thinks of here in Africa. I mean, when you see who's trying to gain control, all you have to do is watch the media and who they're backing. And, you know, you think the media would be backing nobody but giving you facts and information, but it's never the case. The one the one news agency I always point to is Reuters because they're always backing someone. It's it's not <laughs> a question of giving you facts and information. Well, there's been some uh, tremendously interesting uh, uh film clips of black African political leaders attacking Gates and his vaccines. And, and really, they don't want, any, at least they're claiming, they don't want any part of them. And he, they say he's been going in there and buying off hospitals and medical systems to, to test with his, that will agree to test his vaccines. And there's been hundreds of thousands of deaths. And I also read that about India, too. So he's, yeah. he's kind of a monster on the loose. He is a monster on the loose, and there's a very interesting video clip of him talking to with his wife, uh, inter- being interviewed about the coronavirus, at which point he talks about several countries' behavior and how they reacted to the virus, mostly Australia, New Zealand, and Taiwan, I believe. And then he goes into, well, of course, we'll have to see how they're going to react to the next wave of the virus, as if wow. with such certainty that you had to ask yourself, how would he know there was another wave, a next wave? And then he and his wife broke out into a massive hysterical fit during the clip. So you, you, if you were ha- had any suspicions that he had something to do with the virus, uh, the outbreak of the virus, you'd be absolutely convinced that he did when you watch that clip. Yeah, yeah. And of this course, is, eugenicists in America are always going after blacks, you know, so uh, his, his activities in Africa is um, uh, pretty, pretty predictable, I think. This yes, is where pretty- I wish I wish they had the Hindenburg uh, playground where you could let the Zeppelin go up in the air and have Gates and Fauci <laughs> and and uh, what's his name? The other guy you just mentioned there, Soros. We can have all of them on the Hindenburg and let it land in, right into the ocean, the middle of the ocean, you know. 
Well, my hope is that we get control of the media to the point where they they start criticizing some of these people and giving out facts and information of what they're up to, rather than putting out glowing assessments of them as they did with uh, George H. W. Bush, as you as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, Eddie, we have something going on now in America. A little bit, little bit of movement. Doctor Shu is aware of it. We have One American News (OAN). Uh, we have the Epic Times, which is doing good work. Uh, there's Newsmax and there's the American Voices. It's very small, but you could follow them on YouTube uh, and get real news. They have really good reporting, accurate reporting. And Epic Times is around the world now. So, uh, you know, we're getting we're getting a little bit. But as far as the mainstream or legacy media, or whatever you want to call it, you know, they're in the tank for Democrats and the New World Order. They're not... You know, this is why Trump is getting 20. And you got to say the truth, Ed. Nobody boxes like Trump. I mean, he could he could box with the be- dance with the best of them. They just can't get him, you know? Well, I, I, I entirely agree with that. But, you know, I, I it's odd that I would say it. But thank God for Twitter, because otherwise he has no way. people wouldn't know that Trump existed. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Absolutely. You're right. What's going on in Egypt? Everything OK there, Ed? Uh, well, we're sort of pulling out of this uh, virus death spiral. The numbers have gone way down, probably, and I'm only hypothesizing because I haven't heard a lot of other people making the comment, but I think we're in the, the dead of summer. It's very hot and no virus survives under these conditions unless you're living in an air-conditioned room. Um, so uh, I think that's that's what's happening in other parts of Africa. But the media keeps playing up the fact that there's an increase in the number of cases, even though that nobody is dying of it. And even though they're not serious cases and whoever really got sick of a serious strain of virus in the summer. I mean, it happens a lot of times if you're living in an air conditioned room. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's true. Uh, but I think the, the heat is knocking out this virus. Um, and you can see it in Sudan. You can see it in uh, the one country, ironically, you can't see it in is Libya, uh, because as a lot of Arab commentators have pointed out, there are a lot of mercenaries going through there coming from Syria. And the Syrians have had contacts with Iran. And Iran is a place where that virus is very virulent, probably because they have a different strain of the mm-hmm. virus than the one that, that are, is prevalent in a lot of other countries. Well, that's why they have dim sum on the Chinese menu. You get a little bit of everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Eddie, thank you so much for coming back. Dr. Shu, anything else you want to say? Uh, just again, Ed, thanks. You are, you are um, as far as I can tell, the, great, the greatest uh, foreign correspondent of the United States working anywhere in the world. Aren't we lucky to know him? I mean, I... People, people don't get this news. They don't get the real stuff. They get the fake news. They get two and a half minutes on Cairo, you know, a minute and a half on that, 18 and a half minutes on Israel and the, the only ally in the Middle East uh, story that we've been hearing since I was, I guess, in Cub Scouts. But uh, anyway, Eddie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming on in such a short notice, too. I do appreciate it. Yeah. Keep safe, Ed. All right, Eddie. Stay safe. Have, Have a great a dinner, my friend. Dr. Have sure. Thanks kindly. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.